What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Nats Insider Podcast for another week. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to talk to Mr. National. Why not? It's getting close to his weekend at Nationals Park, June 17th and 18th. The second game of the doubleheader on the 17th is going to serve as the kickoff to our Zimmerman weekend festivities. And then, of course, the big day, Saturday afternoon. It'll be a 4.30 start. The ceremonies on the field as we induct Ryan Zimmerman into the Ring of Honor and retire his jersey will begin at 3.15 at Nationals Park. So be aware of all of that. And lots going on with Zim lately. Not on the field, obviously. Changed for him over the last, what, 15, 17 years of his life. He's got a lot going on on the family side of things. He and Heather have four kids now. He's been living the retired life a little bit with family, with some fun stuff. And he made his return to Nationals Park within the last couple of weeks. Was out at the yard, joined our Masson broadcast. He sat with me for a segment on our pregame show. We joined Bob and Franny in the booth for a broadcast and had a lot of fun with it. And that's something it sounds like Zim wants to do a little bit more of. So we are all excited about that. So I had a chance to catch up with Ryan recently to talk about everything that's going on with him, his emotions uh, going into that big weekend at Nationals Park and how he felt about his broadcasting debut. This was a fun conversation with employee number 11. So we'll play that for you now. Here's my chat with Ryan Zimmerman. All right, Zim, good to see you again, talk to you again. You're uh you got it out of the way just in terms of getting back to Nationals Park for the first time. We tossed the headset on you. We had you in the studio with me. We had you in the booth with Bob and Franny. What what was it like being back at Nationals Park for the first time since retiring? And what was it like becoming a broadcaster now? Yeah, it was a good time. I think, um, you know, I want to start getting back there more. We've just been a little busy, but, you know, it was a lot of fun to see all the guys. Um uh, see a bunch of people that I haven't seen obviously in a while. Um, but it was nice. It was, you know, I've made that drive so many times for so many years and then I hadn't done it in a while. It was kind of nice to just drive in and not have any pressure that day, just show up and have some fun and talk to some people. And like you said, do the broadcast, which was a blast. And, you know, hopefully I can do, uh, do that a couple more times. This is a different type of show and go like show, and then go to the broadcast booth and, and talk talk about the game. And now, I mean, you and I have talked about it. We were just discussing it uh, again. You know, you said you enjoyed doing the TV stuff. Maybe next time we focus on you a little bit less and we get to actually talk about the game a little bit more and, and analyze, you know, what's going on on the field. Yeah, I would, uh, I would like that. You know, like you always said, love talking about myself so much so uh but no it, you know it's fun I think uh, you know one thing I have been able to do since I stopped playing was kind of reflect a little bit and kind of look back on some of those things that when you're still playing you don't you don't really do that so um it, it's fun to to talk about that stuff with some buddies or friends or like we did on the on the broadcast the other night but um yeah I'd love to do it again and like you said pay more attention to the game that we're, that we're broadcasting and maybe talk, talk about some, some matchups or some hitter pitcher things, or, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, the things that are right in front of you that Bob and Franny usually talk about. Um, so that would be a lot of fun, but uh, it was, it was a blast. It's, I'll tell you what, they're, they're really good at it. Um, 
it's pretty cool to watch Bob work as well. I mean, he's been doing that for so long and to watch, you know, him kind of press the buttons and guide the broadcast and, you know, he's doing so many things at once. It was, uh, it was cool to actually see it in real time. Uh, I definitely learned a lot. What, uh, what have the first handful of months of retired life been like for you? You've gotten to experience a spring like you've never really gotten to before as an adult, uh, spending time with your family. Obviously, you guys got a full household over there. You've gotten to do some personal things. You went down to the Masters. Well, what have the last handful of months been like living a springtime in a whole new way? Yeah, a whole, whole new world has opened up to me, you know? Uh, but yeah, we are, we're, we're grinding now. The little guy is, gosh, he's just like four and a half months now. So we're getting, getting out of the weeds a little bit. But uh, for a while there, Heather and I were legit just trying to go one and oh every day. But you, know, <laughs> you talk about that with baseball. We were talking about it with real life, you know, like we did a high five at the end of the night before we went to bed and be like, man, we made it another day. Uh, but, you know, it's been good. The girls, are doing great. They finish up school next week. Um, but yeah, just having the ability to pop, pop away for a weekend or go do something during, you know, midweek when we pick the girls up from school. Um, you know, we, we went to Mount Vernon the other day. We went to Sesame place for Henry's birthday. We had a birthday party on last Saturday for, for Hayden. And, you know, I can be at all those things. We didn't have to do it around baseball. We didn't have to, you know, check our schedule. You know, we just kind of can do whatever we want. So it's definitely nice to be around. Uh, I miss baseball. I think, you know, I said that when I did the game. You know, I miss the guys. I miss the clubhouse. I miss just being around the game. Um, But lucky for me, you know, I live here. and I'll always be involved with this organization. So I can kind of do the baseball stuff without having to play through injuries and go over 20 and have everyone boo you and things like that. What else is on the retirement bucket list now that, that you do have all this time on your hands? Yeah, like you said, I went down to the Masters with, with some guys from around here, so that was pretty cool to see that. Um, Kentucky Derby is definitely on there. It's a lot of travel. Um, Heather and I love to travel, and then we had four kids, which is the dumbest thing for travel that you could ever do. I love my kids, but you know, we're like, as soon as we can get back out and get going, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to start taking them places. I think, uh, you know, we, I can never really do that. You know, my parents just didn't have the means to do that. And when me and my brother were growing up, traveling wasn't as easy or as accessible as it is now. So we look forward to taking some trips with, with the whole family and kind of, you know, letting them experience obviously places all over this country, but probably on the world as well. And um, we'll obviously mix in a few, uh, a few trips without the kids as well, just so, so we can stay sane. Yeah, it's important. Um, so we've got your weekends coming up at Nationals Park. Most people, when they retire, if they're lucky enough to be celebrated at the ballpark, they get a day. <laughs> Ryan Zimmerman gets a, a whole weekend. Um, what are what are your emotions about that weekend as we get closer to it? Are you excited about it? Are you terrified of having all of the attention on you the every minute of both of those days? What are your thoughts about it? Uh, the answer is yes, Dan. The answer is yes. Uh, no, I think I'm excited. You know, I'm going to see a ton of my family that, you know, I get to see, but not all in one place at one time. Uh, I get to see a lot of my old teammates are going to come in, I think. And, you know, obviously get to be with the fans and, 
you know, the Lerner family and a lot of people who have been instrumental to making this day possible for me. Um, you know, I think when you play as long as I do and you're lucky enough to play in the big leagues for 16, 17 years to do it all with one team, it's, you know, I look at this day as more of a celebration of for everyone. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's the weekend supposedly for me, but, you know, so many people go into getting someone to this level or getting to someone to be honored like I'm being honored this weekend. So I'm going to use it as kind of a weekend to, to catch up with people, to thank all of them for allowing me to, you know, be in this position because it takes a lot of people. June 17th and 18th at Nationals Park. Going to take the second game of that doubleheader on the 17th, and that'll kind of kick off Ryan Zimmerman weekend. And then June 18th, it's going to be the full ceremonies before that afternoon game against the Phillies. Uh, you told me when I interviewed you on the fields after your last game last year, you told me that you're an emotional guy. Now that you've had kids, I, th I believe your comment was a TV commercial comes on and I start crying uh, since you had your two daughters. What do you think the emotions will be like that day? Do you anticipate getting emotional? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, they'll definitely be running high. I mean, yeah, no, like I said, I'll have so many people in one place that means so much to me. It's just hard. It's hard when you get that many people, you know, together and you've had such a fun career like I've had to not get a little bit emotional, I think. Um, you know, we did this down at UVA a few weeks ago, right. um, which was really cool. And my family was there. And, you know, that city and, and program means a lot to me as well. Um, and this is like that times a million. So, uh, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens, but, you know, I'm just excited to kind of share this with the community, the fan base, you know, the learner family, the, the whole ownership group, not just the learner family that have been, you know, all those people have been so instrumental in my career and getting me to this point. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would expect I'll be a little emotional. I, I'd like to think the more I do this, maybe the better I'll get at it. I don't know if that's the truth or if that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, when you have your family there and things like that, it, it's hard not to get emotional, but you know, it'll be a, a fun emotional, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to it and uh, it should be a, should be a fun weekend for everyone involved. And you're going to have what your 35, 40,000 closest friends there as well. You've talked about how you've grown up with this nationals fan base uh, since you got drafted here and, and you get to celebrate with them and they get to show you how much you mean to them. Um, you know, you haven't in your career done a lot of reflecting back. You were always kind of a guy that focused on that day and taking care of that day's game. Now that you have had a chance to reflect, you've had that opportunity with a little time is there a specific thing that you're most proud of in your long career in a Nationals uniform? Uh, I don't know if I've really thought of that question, but I mean, now if, if I had to tell you one thing, I think it was kind of what you said, just being consistent and being the same person every day. And I think baseball, I don't want to say that's cliche that so many guys say that, but I mean, we play a game every single day. So it's really hard if you're someone who, who gets really high when you do well or really low when you do bad because you're, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. So, you know, everyone tries to do that. Everyone's told, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low, try and stay even keel, you know, 
you go four for four, doesn't mean anything for you the next day. Um, but I truly tried to do that. And I think I did a pretty good job of that throughout my career. Um, you know, having a lot of high moments and, you know, times where I did some cool stuff and then a lot of low moments as well, where, you know, you, I also did some, some bad stuff or the injuries and, um, you know, if you play long enough, those things are going to happen. It's, it's, you, you can't escape it. This game will humble the best that have ever played it. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I think if I had to answer your hard question right now, it would be, uh, you know, doing the best I can to, to be the same person every day, no matter what. All right. We'll get you out of here with an easier question. Which of your family members do you think is most excited about Ryan Zimmerman weekends coming up at Nationals Park? Yeah. Um, are Mackenzie or Hayden, are they able to grasp what this, this weekend is going to be? Uh, I mean, I think Mackenzie for sure. I mean, Mackenzie and Hayden know what's going on, obviously. They know that I played baseball for a while. They thought everyone's dad just played baseball, which is pretty funny. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that over the last year or so, they've kind of realized that towards the end of last year when um, they started to notice some stuff when there was talks that, you know, towards the end that this might be, you know, these last games I could be playing, they kind of picked up on that. Um, and then this year, obviously, with me being home more, they, they were wondering what the heck was going on and why they don't why they don't get to go on cool trips every other week now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think they'll grasp it. I think they're excited to go back to the park and and be around the stadium again. You know, they they always say how they miss hanging out with their friends at baseball and miss watching the games. Um, but once school is over, we'll we'll get out there a little bit more. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the whole family is excited. It's like I said, it's a huge honor. All of us are are humbled and uh, very appreciative of what the Nationals are doing for me and, and honestly, my, my whole family. Well, we've got a lot of cool surprises in store for you. You don't know, you, you know a lot of what's happening. You don't know a good bunch of things that are I, happening. I actually don't really know anything that's happening, which is good. terrifying. Good. Uh, we, we want it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, they've done a pretty good job of keeping things close to the best. So I'm, uh, I'm excited, and uh, I'm sure whatever they do, it'll be done well, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We are, too. June 17th and 18th at Nationals Park, Ryan Zimmerman weekend. Tim, great talking to you. Looking forward to seeing you at Nationals Park that weekend and seeing you back at the ballpark some more and hopefully tossing that headset on you a handful more times the rest of the season. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of days off. Just take your job. I watched you do it. It was super easy. Super easy. I've set the bar really low, too. Sideline <laughs> reporter Ryan Zimmerman, maybe? I don't know. Never know. Never know. Thanks, Tim. All right, buddy. We'll be right back. Welcome back. One guy who played with Ryan Zimmerman for only one year, but has developed a pretty strong relationship with Mr. National is Mark DeRosa. Longtime major league infielder, played 16 years in the big leagues, and his penultimate big league season came in 2012. Only played in 48 games as a member of the Nationals. And 
didn't have a strongest showing on the field. He would be the first one to tell you that, but made a big impact in the clubhouse on that Nationals team that won its first ever division championship in 2012. He also developed a friendship with Ryan, and the two of them have stayed in touch, obviously, over the years. And D-Row does fantastic work on MLB Network as one of the co-hosts of MLB Central every morning, along with Lauren Shahadi and Robert Flores. Um, I love Mark DeRossi. He's a great human being. He's great at his current job uh, as a broadcaster and was a pretty darn good player for 16 years as well. So had a chance to catch up with D-Row recently to talk about his relationship with Zim, as well as what he's doing now off the field as a manager, not a manager of pro baseball, but of a youth team that one of his kids plays on. So uh, good conversation here with, with one of my favorites, a guy that was only in D.C. for a year, but we still love a lot. That's Mark DeRosa. Let's play now that interview with the current co-host of MLB Central and a former Nat, D-Row. D-Row, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Appreciate you taking time in your busy schedule of uh, TV and golf and coaching, what, a 12U team? I'm the head coach of my son's 12U team. It has been super enjoyable and super eye-opening. Tell me why eye-opening. The expectations of some of these parents, which I understand, are intense. And uh, I think that's half the reason why I took over, right? I felt like... uh, you got to let these kids fall in love with the game. I think that's the biggest thing for me of why I chased the dream so much. It, it wasn't that, you know, you you show a little bit of talent as a young kid, and then you have to find a way to fall in love with it. And it's not the coaches that, that browbeat you with the, with, with the fundamentals and what you do wrong. It's kind of the coaches that lift you up a little bit and keep you wanting to, to sign up the following year. And um, that's kind of why I got involved. It's been super interesting. I mean, there is, we play in some super serious tournaments and there are some damn good 12 year olds out there. <laughs> I have run into Mark Reynolds coaches. Oh yeah. Kid. Yeah. I run into Mark Reynolds. I've run into Brandon Moss. Uh, there's big leaguers abound with their kids coming up. So uh, it's been super fun. Before we get into all sorts of other stuff, I, I, was planning on asking you this. I don't know that I planned on it being the first topic that we were going to discuss, but since we're talking about it, how, how has your perspective of the game maybe changed now that you are managing these kids? You, you played the game your entire life growing up and it was you living it. And now you're retired and you get to view the game from a media perspective and, you know, covering all 30 teams, but you also get to now view the game through the eyes of these young kids how has your perspective about this sport that you love so much changed through this coaching well I think you know I have a 12 year old son and I think the way I consume the game and fell in love with the game at his age is just not realistic with today's generation of how they go about it and consume the content Uh, I mean I was forced right we didn't have Twitter and TikTok and all these Snapchats and social media outlets where you were getting these like 30 second blasts of Juan Soto, 30 second blasts of Ronald Acuna. And it was more focused on them hitting a home run and the the chain they were wearing and everything. We were forced to sit and watch 
a full Yankee game. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey and it was locked down, right? From seven o'clock to 10 o'clock at night, I was watching the Yankees and consuming the product completely different. So for me to expect them to know the ins and outs of the fundamental parts of the game, I, I have realized that that I have to teach a little bit more in that aspect of it because they are not sitting and consuming unless you take them to the yard. Now, my son will jump in the car and go to Truist Park and watch the Braves like nobody's business. But I, I find it really difficult for him to ask him to sit next to me for three hours and break down a game and why a pitcher's throwing a certain pitch. And, you know, you can have it both ways. I think the biggest thing that I've realized is these kids have a lot of passion for the game. The evolution of man is a bigger, faster, stronger generation. There's no doubt about it. My son's doing stuff at 12. I only dreamed about doing at 12, but there, there has to be, what I try and show them is there has to be a blend of the, of the, of, of the two generations. There has to be a care about the little things and also not taking their individual individuality away from them that's a really good point um and i hadn't really thought about it in that context i don't i don't have kids and so you know we we did grow up watching an entire game and learning yeah. all the intricacies of it and cuts and all of these things and now if you're watching you know a home right a home run compilation clip on on instagram you're only seeing the big swings and uh you're not you're not getting all the finer points that's interesting and they're hunting metrics like my son called me yesterday he had he had a hitting lesson yesterday he's like dad i had an 80 mile an hour exit below like that's the stuff they're talking about and it's crazy but to them it's important and man i consume my back of my baseball card completely different and I would have hunted a different set of statistics than I hunted when I played. I was, I was batting average consumed. I was result oriented. I didn't care what the hit looked like. Uh, now when I, when I turn it over, I, there's certain years I look at where I'm like, oh, you actually played a little bit better than, than you thought. And then there's other years that I thought I had a good year where I probably didn't. Right. So I, I would, I would have looked at the game a little bit differently now, as opposed to what I chased back then. Yeah, the the way that you evaluate yourself, the current major league talent, 12, 12 year olds, uh, it it all has changed so much seemingly yeah. over the last handful of years. Mark DeRosa, uh, host of MLB Central on MLB Network, is joining me now on Matt, Nats Insider. Dero, I wanted to talk to you about a guy that you played with for a year here in DC that. I know that you developed a relationship with and a bond with, and that's Ryan Zimmerman. And he's going to be having a special weekend at Nationals Park coming up here pretty soon where fans are going to get to celebrate him. The organization is going to get to celebrate him. His former teammates that are coming back for the ceremonies are going to get to celebrate him. Um, what, what can you tell us about Zim from your year around him in 2012? And what can fans learn from you about the guy that Ryan Zimmerman is behind the, the scenes, the guy that they don't get to see on the field or in the community? You know, it, uh, I, I feel like the community and the fans were seeing the real Ryan Zimmerman out mm-hmm. on the field every night. Um, 
you know, I always look at, we got the draft upcoming during the all-star game. It's like, what do you want your organization to be about? Right? Like, who are you going to draft? Obviously talent plays a huge part in it, but it's talent. It's character. It's desire to compete. It's thinking off the field type stuff as well. He embodied everything that you would want as a general manager to draft, develop, and have represent your organization from, from jump. He has always been that he has been the one constant, like Zim, I'll say this, the best teammates are the ones that always walk in the door the exact same way. You can't tell what they're hitting. You can't tell what's happening at home. They walk in and they are the exact same guy for the entire year. I was there in 2012. Ryan Zimmerman walked in every day and was the exact same dude. And it was, I hate to say perfect. Cause I don't think he'd appreciate that. Like he, he wasn't, per- he was just a real solid pillar for us to all follow. I mean, yeah. at, at the end of the day, I mean, people didn't know he was underneath like, the whole throwing thing, I know he absolutely raked, but this was a guy that was proud of the way he played third base. And I'd watch him underneath. He wanted to get his arm strength back and that throwing back to be able to help the team from a defensive side. And um, I watched him grind for hours, but his attitude was always team first. It was always, ha- what could I do to make my teammates around me better? Um he would be what, like I said, he would be what you'd want your organization to be represented by. And a guy, Dero, that that seemingly never really led with his words or his, um, you know, yeah. his, letting himself get ahead of uh, the team or what, what the group was trying to accomplish. He wasn't a look at me guy in really any way, shape or form. And I would imagine when you are... Um, when you're coming to a new organization like you were in 2012 and you, you knew Zim a little bit, um, you've got this guy that's known as a franchise leader, but does it the right way as compared to leading with his bravado and leading with his personality that probably uh, garners an extra level of respect amongst teammates. I would think. I think that's the, the perfect word for him. I think, you know, we had the Jason Worse, the Mikey Morrises, the Ian Desmonds. Uh, we had some characters in that clubhouse, no doubt. Danny Espinoza on the pitching side. I'll say this. That 2012, I lost my father that year. And that was one of the toughest, obviously, years for me off the field. And I did absolutely nothing to help that team win except try and be a sounding board for a lot of the guys. But that team was so from day one of spring t- training, I kind of like sat with Davey Johnson and, and, and half the reason I was brought in there was because I played for Davey and team USA in 09. And he kind of felt like I would be a nice mentor for some of the younger guys. I couldn't get over just the talent that was oozing in that clubhouse. And I didn't know if those guys actually knew how good they were yet. And but the one but, but the one thing amongst all those characters was Zim was like that one like he was the one constant that that Betty. was yeah he was he was always 
steady. He was always a guy you could go to. You could sit in the back of the clubhouse. You know that clubhouse, how the veterans kind of patrolled that back arc back there. And you could have honest conversations with him. And uh, you knew you were going to get honest answer. He was going to go out and compete every night, do it right, put team first, like I said. And he was more vocal than I think he even would give himself credit for. When he needed to, when something needed to be said, I mean, he was definitely out in front, him and Jason Worth and a couple other guys. Adam LaRoche was on that team as well. So there was a lot, there was great veteran leadership on that team. D-Rail, I could talk to you for three and a half hours, but we got to, we got to get you to the golf course sometime soon. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let you go. Great catching up with you, buddy. Hope to do it again soon and uh, wishing you and your family all the best. All right, Dan. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for Nets Insider, the podcast version this week. Thanks to Ryan Zimmerman and Mark DeRosa for joining me. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Go big or go home.